Stephen Kuoko. At what point did you realize when you started looking into public relations, started looking into casting? You know what, Stephen? I'm pretty damn good at this. I think we should. <laughs> I think we should. Uh, we should keep following this path. It really is effortless, Donovan. I mean, it's. It would be the same of how you do your show when you bring your all to the table with great intentions and no expectations. It just makes life fun and it makes the career of choice fun. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. No matter where you're at in the world, you're listening to Live on Air with Stephen Cuoco on Power 98.5 Satellite Radio. All great things, Power 98.5. Head on over to power985.com. You can download the app, listen on Alexa, add it in your Alexa skill. We're available on Odyssey as well as Apple Music. So if you happen to be an iPhone user and you love your Apple Music as much as I do, you can also uh, listen to Power 98.5 there as well. But I say it all the time, and I may not stop. Always start at home first. Download the app. Tune in on Power985.com. Just know it's free. You don't have to pay for it. It's for the people, we the people, and it's about the people. That's what I love most. I've... uh, Where's my where's that uh, screenshot? You guys got that for me? I did send it over to you, right? And a big shout out to Mr. Chef Todd English. Attended an awesome uh, event last night, uh, as well as I want to give a big thank you for the personal invite by the culinary kickoff for the Grand Prix happening here in Vegas. Uh, happened last night over at the Allegiant Stadium. I was just uh, sharing just a little bit ago, uh, super excited about this uh, with uh, Dustin Martinez, professional bull rider. We had the stadium all to ourselves. Uh, I got some video, I did share it, to just be there and you know see the seats empty and the field empty, just all of that, it was just surreal. To have that all to yourself. And there was a, a couple moments when I looked out and I was by a couple private tables and it was just spectacular. So thank you again to the culinary kickoff. Also, Mr. Chef Todd English. I got to meet Warren Moon. I also got to meet Bubba Jenkins. They're all going to be on my uh, on my show soon, hopefully. <laughs> I hope this month, but we got holidays coming up, so we will see what happens where is that thing? I, I had it. Here we go. Thank you. I want to thank Mr. Dustin Martinez. He shared this on his Instagram. You can head on over to his Instagram at Dustin Martinez 96. This was just the other day and it goes something like this. I had to make you uncomfortable. Otherwise you would have never moved. Sign God. How true is that? I'm going to read it one more time. I had to make you uncomfortable. Otherwise, you would have never moved. I can relate to that. Can you? There are times you just get absolutely exhausted, defeated, annoyed, tired, bewildered, whatever it may be, even when you have no idea of what's happening in front of you and what will happen, whether it's financial, personal, your love life, career. It's a hard thing to deal with when you just don't know and you don't have answers. But as they always say, and it's the truth, diamonds are made through pressure and time. It's my birthstone. And not only do I know it well, I live it well. (laughs) Pressure and time, stress and time does mold you greatly. We've got, once again, Mr. Dustin Martinez. And after about, uh, after, yeah, after about four years old, he spent the majority of his young life traveling back and forth between Oklahoma and New Mexico as a result of divorced parents growing up around and constantly being surrounded by the outdoors and animals and other cowboys uh, at both homes. 
Uh, it has all been a part of who he has been ever since he can remember. Uh, horseback at the age of three and rode his first sheep. And I'm going to say, Dustin, Mutton Bustin, that's the name. What is it? Mutton Bustin, not long after, is the name of the sheep? Yes. Yeah, so uh, that's kind of how a lot of uh, us young guys, you know, our dads or uncles or brothers or friends, you know, may have rode bulls or whatnot. And uh, those of us, you know, who got into it uh, at the age or size before we could actually get on, you know, calves or steers or big bulls, that's usually how a lot of us uh, young young kids, you know, start is uh, riding sheep. And it's uh, called mutton bust. And it's pretty cool, man. A lot of, uh, you know, rodeos around the, the world now are um, bringing that in, you know, trying to really push, uh, you know, rodeo and the rodeo events in uh, the younger generation. So, uh, yeah, man, that was kind of how I got my start uh, for sheep. Yeah, it, it made you who you are today, and welcome to the show. Absolutely. I'm tickled to be here, Stephen. I've been <laughs> real excited for this. Uh, I, I don't know how to put that into words, man, but I'm just thrilled to be here. So thanks for having me. Oh, uh, you're welcome. Are, you're not, you're, are you back in New Mexico, but I know you're still here in Vegas, right? Correct. So, um, New Mexico is, uh, technically where I hang my hat. Um, but I had a hip surgery, um, on my left hip. I've been riding bulls with a torn or partially torn labrum. Um, that's just continued to get worse for at least a year, year and a half. Um, I had an MRI done on my hip, uh, last August and, uh, the doctor, you know, that looked at my hip, uh, told me, you know, kind of what was going on and I just continued to push through it. So, how long I had the bone spur uh, causing the partial tear uh, previous to that, I don't know. Um, but after my hip surgery, I uh, went uh, back home for about a month and a half, uh, you know, got off my crutches, got really flowing on my physical therapy. And um, my team and my surgeon in Nashville recommended me with a really good team here in Las Vegas. And I've been doing uh, physical therapy three days a week in person. And then, you know, they got me doing some stuff at home and uh, actually had a reevaluation today with uh, my PT team. Uh, they said things are looking really good, coming along really well and uh, got a follow up um, next Tuesday, right before Thanksgiving in Nashville with my surgeon in person. Um, so I'm hoping to have a little bit, you know, more information on that, but they told me it'd be about five to six months uh, total recovery time. And we're uh, right about that four and a half, five month mark. So uh, super fortunate that it's, you know, all worked out the way it was and, um, you know, there's uh, a lot that you uh, had said there at the beginning that I want to cover, you know, again, as far as the, uh, you know, making you uncomfortable, uh, quoted God, and uh, even back about the empty stadium. And so, yes, sir, just currently in Vegas right now, and I'll be here till the end of December and hopefully back uh, in full motion right at the beginning of the year. I'm excited for you. And that was some, you know, deep surgery. Didn't you share the uh, graph graphics or something on your Instagram story. What was it? Was it you that did that? I did. So, uh, I was actually, um, <laughs> it's kind of, I, I like talking about it, man, but I was under, uh, they ended up, um, putting me through general anesthesia. I think I got hit with, uh, the spinal anesthesia as well. Uh, cause I woke up partway through my surgery or started to, I don't know what the technicality of quote unquote waking up is, but, uh, I was on quite a bit of meds and out of it for about 24 hours. Um, so my girlfriend took over my Instagram, you know, uh, was just staying in touch with uh, everybody, you know, in my corner, letting them know how it was going. But yeah, man. Um, so I had a bone spur that was growing out of the top of my femoral head and, you know, being horseback in a saddle, uh, the movements we make riding bulls, you know, it's pretty uh, demanding on your body. Um, that bone spur was just starting to, you know, take a toll. And, um, Really, honestly, I started to have some other things that were stemming, you know, groin issues, knee issues, hip issues, et cetera, and decided finally, you know, I'd better better get it done. So, yeah, it is on my Instagram. Uh, I think the first picture, I'm in a hospital bed with a popsicle in my hand. Uh, you know, your, uh, your, your significant other is always good about trying to embarrass you and put you on blast any chance they get. Hey, was it bad? It's uh, July 26th is when it was shared. Uh, Correct. You've got the popsicle. Great photo of you two right there. So, yeah, it was a pretty, uh, what I say, intense surgery. I was uh, on the table for about three hours, um, but pretty cool 50% weight bearing through cr uh, crutches right away afterward. And, man, they operated me uh, on a Wednesday, and I flew home on a Thursday. So 
Um, I've kind of joked uh, with people, this has been the longest given time at one time that I've had to sit out for an injury, but it's been the recovery for it has been, you know, I've broken my leg before I uh, had, you know, some other stuff go on that I've had to do PT for say for, and this has hands down been the easiest injury physically on my body. Um, but just the, the length of it has really been, um, you know, it sounds cliche, but soul searching and, uh, just that time off and the time to myself, the time to work on myself. Uh, you know, I told myself from the get go before they operated on me, you know, if you use this time to not just get healthier, you know, physically with the hip, but also use this time to push yourself in other ways physically and in terms other ways mentally, um, you know, you could come back in six months and come back like you left, or you could come back in six months and, you know, be, be that person. Everybody's like, Whoa, man, that time off was good for him. Where the heck did this guy come from? So that's ultimately my goal, man. But you know, at the end of the day, it's uh, all in God's hands and I'm just the utensil, uh, you know, get to be, be served, or I guess get to be the one who serves his purpose. So. Isn't that incredible when resets happen and how powerful yet subtle they can change your perspective in your life and, literally change you if not change your dna absolutely man and uh there's you know i'm not a big reader but i do like to read and there are a few books out there that i uh really like and stick to and one that i seem to pick up over and over again uh psycho cybernetics and it talks a lot about that i mean ultimately you know how you can essentially change your dna just by the way you view things view yourself the thoughts you have yourself the things you tell yourself positive and negative, man. So uh, there's so much power in, you know, our daily routine, but the, not only the thoughts we have, but even the words we uh, say to ourselves. you know, uh, I saw a really cool, um, I don't know if it was a Chinese proverb or uh, whatnot, but a uh, Chinese scientist had gotten three cups of rice and he put uh, the equal amount of rice, equal amount of water in each cup. And he spoke positively to one cup of rice every day. He spoke uh, negatively to another cup of rice every day, and then he just left one cup of rice alone, didn't speak to it at all. And it was amazing that the way the mold and the bacteria grew, the uh, rice that he spoke to positively, you know, uh, grew, the rice seemed to expand. There wasn't near as much mold. The rice that he didn't talk to grew mold, uh, but it was very stagnant. And uh, the cup of rice that he spoke negatively to grew this nasty black mold and just became full of bacteria. Um, so, you know, uh, that goes in with us personally, the energy we put out there, but also just, you know, the thoughts and, uh, relationships that we have on a day to day. That hit me. I literally saw that in my head, the way you described it very clear, very vividly. And I'm processing that right now because it, as you said that, it made me reflect. I felt like a flash of my life, Dustin, just went through me, through my eyes, through my head. Literally, it, it, I wouldn't say it took me back, but I'm just going to say it's powerful. Even what you just said and how you said it and shared it, I had my life flash before me. I'm not in this like, oh my God, or, or wow moment. I'm in this place like that actually happened. So thank you for that because I was meant to hear that with all the listeners. I hope that resonated with you because man, we've really got to take more responsibility and awareness of how we internally and externally communicate with ourselves and with other people and also how we may or may not allow other people to communicate to us and against us. That just popped in my head, Dustin, to us no, and against us. You're absolutely right, man. And it's a very hard and thin and fine line to walk. Um, you know, and hard balance to keep. I personally feel like, you know, because you want to be that person that is putting positivity out in the world, essentially into that cup of good rice. But at the same time, your relation, every relation you have in the world, you're not always going to be the one putting out and giving. There's going to be something you can take from another individual in the room or another door open, whatever the case may be. And, uh, 
it's also important to make sure you're surrounding yourself with the people who are speaking the positivity into the positive, you know, cup of rice. Um, because, you know, you, you are an accumulation of the people you spend the most time with. Um, so that goes just like you said, both ways, what you're putting out in relationships or in uh, connections, et cetera, but also in what you're receiving from those uh, other individuals or other relationships, have you will. Thank you for that. Honestly, that's, I feel fulfilled. That transforms me. I'm in this place and space and, and with you. And when they say timing is everything, it really is. Because the moment when something just clicks, it's like a combination. You know, when you see in movies and they're listening to it and they're trying to get to that, pay attention to that click to where it just drops. That's what happened. Mic drop moment, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> Your fifth yeah. generation cowboy and second generation bull rider. Did you plan this? Did you want this? Or did it just happen to fall into where it resonated with you and made sense? So a little bit of both to be uh, completely honest with you, Stephen. My, uh, my parents never um, pushed off you know, on me to do anything, but they were always supportive in anything that I wanted to do. Um, but my, my dad, uh, he rode bull started when he was about 16 and the college he went to, uh, the team that he rodeoed for, um, which surprises a lot of people, um, you know, college rodeo is a thing. There are scholarships, teams, et cetera. And, uh, if I'm not mistaken, which I know I'm not, uh, Las Vegas, UNLV actually has uh, a rodeo team. Um, so, you know, it's, not only is rodeo something cool, special to me, but it's something that is just continuing to grow. And I personally, not only now am witnessing it, but my whole life have been able to. Um, and personally, like I told you previous, Stephen, I feel like I'm in a really good position at my age and my life and where I'm at and what I'm doing. But back to your question, my parents uh, always supported me and they never really introduced me to rodeo. I just always grew up around it, watched my dad ride bulls. And when I got old enough to talk, um, I pointed at the TV one day. I was uh, sitting in my car seat, and you may wonder why were you watching TV in your car seat? Well, I was, you know, like men are supposed to be, boys were supposed to be wild at heart, man. I was a rambunctious uh, little son of a gun, you know, like we have a tendency to be. And after about the second time I pulled the iron off the ironing board and burnt my forehead, um, my mom, when she had house chores to do, would just literally strap me in my car seat. Well, obviously, I didn't like that. So, she started to put it in front of the TV. Well, she put on old NFR uh, tapes, old NFR recordings, um, old practice films from my dad in college, at home, whatnot. And man, I was content. I would shut up. I'd sit there and watch those for hours on repeat. And when I got old enough to talk, I finally pointed at the TV and said, I want to do that. So it's uh, something that's always been in my life. But when I knew I wanted to pursue that, um, it sounds kind of stupid, but you say like earlier, your life flashed before your eyes. My life kind of technically, in a sense, flashed before my eyes. And I feel like, you know, it wasn't just something that looked fun or cool at a young age like it was. God put that fire, that person, that passion, that desire uh, in my heart at a young age. And I just, man, I don't I don't have plans on stopping and letting up um, unless, you know, I feel like it's truly God telling me, all right, your time with this is done. You've impacted, done what you need to. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, man, you know, I ride bulls for me cause I love what I do and, you know, uh, I'm fortunate and blessed to do what I do, but I've tried to, I guess, see a bigger picture at it anymore because yeah, it is about us on this earth, but it's really not. And man, uh, you know, being in the situation or I guess the position, um, you know, nobody ever pushed off on me to ride bulls, but I know how much that impacted and what it's done for me in my life and what it's done for me as a person. Um, you know, so the picture to me is so much bigger. If I can be an instrument or, uh, influence somebody to go do something great and realize, you know, that we're, you know, I'm 135, 140 pound man riding, you know, 1800 pound animals week in and week out. Um, you know, we're capable of so much more, I feel like than what we naturally as humans believe we are. And I, uh, I, I'm stuck on this saying, you know, God wants warriors and that doesn't, necessarily mean people who are mad and angry fighters going to pull a sword out you know uh there's a, a show on amazon prime 
called the peaceful warrior and you know basically the encapsulation of it is is you know being able to strike at any moment and people know that and they see that you're a warrior but they also know that you're you know peaceful kind you uh basically the name of the movie kind of states what it's about peaceful warrior and uh as board riders man i kind of see see us as the modern day david and goliath and um that's really powerful uh and if you look back at a lot of what scripture says you know genesis 128 we were created god said let's create man in our image to have dominion over the earth the fish in the sea the fowl in the earth the cattle that roameth the earth and to me that's pretty cool and that's uh that's one thing i tell myself before I go to nod my face, strap my hand in my bull rope is, you know, I was created to have dominion over this earth. So yeah, it's cool. I get to do something cool. Fun ride bulls is awesome. But uh, man, you know, we are the modern day gladiators in today's society, modern day David and Goliath. So it's just always been something that has been in my heart and it's not something I just enjoy. It's a burning passion. If that makes any sense, I'm differentiated for it. When you're riding, when you're on that animal, what goes through your head and do you and have you ever questioned not the career dustin but have you ever questioned how this could impact your life and your future knowing that the moment they let you and the bull out of the cage it really is in god's hands absolutely and that goes also into being able to, you know, we as bull riders can serve as a uh, incredible vessel or instrument to show people what literally walking by faith, not by sight, you know, truly means. Because out there, I mean, there's so much, man, uh, so many factors that are uncontrollable and out of our control, um, you know, on the back of those animals. And, you know, it's important to be around, uh, like we were saying earlier, the right guys. But, uh, you know, I've been around some guys who are, what I consider uh, elite bull riders um, at this level, this elite level, they're the elite of the elite. And, you know, I love being around those guys. If you're the smartest or best person in the room, you need to find a new room of people to hang out with. And, um, you know, I hear constantly with those guys, you know, trust your training, trust your instincts, you know, trust that you belong there, believe that you belong there. And to me, that's huge, man. You know, there's, there's a lot to be said about the guy who, uh, likes the destination, but there's more to be said about the man who loves the journey on the way to the destination, that man who's hungry for that grind, you know, and uh, ultimately gets that chill up his spine every time he, you know, goes to set out because, you know, he's, he has to work a little harder than maybe the guy who is left and the guy who is right. Um, so the thoughts that I have when I nod my face, man, you know, if any bull rider tells you they're not scared or a little nervous, um, they're full of it. Uh, you know, yeah, it's a dangerous sport, but it's a different kind of nervousness man it's not a, a scared fully you know i fear for my life um you know obviously doing something as dangerous as riding bulls you got to be passionate and be willing to lay your life down on the line um every time you do it but it's uh i try to have a calmness over myself Stephen, when i go you know to get on and ride bulls um i try to have a calmness and a peace over myself but like i was saying have that peaceful warrior attitude have that energy that Oh, you know that a man is supposed to have and that fight uh in me but it's just pulsating ready to you know be released at any moment and uh a good friend of mine who uh back in his heyday i should say um he was at the top of his game and uh you know i have a tendency to be an overthinker um which can be great but it can be detrimental in uh, certain aspects of things i feel like and especially in a sport like bull riding where you don't know what your dancing partner is going to do. You just have to react to it. Uh, so one thing that my friend shared with me that I try to do, man, I do simple multiplication before I get on bulls. So as I'm sitting down on my bull, I'm multiplying two times two times two is four times two is eight times two is 16. Just to let that subconscious part of my mind take over when I do get into action in a bull ride rather than my conscious mind. Because like I said, it's no different than dancing or fighting you know what i mean you know nothing about what your partner is going to do all you have control over is your training during the week and that applies to your reaction subconsciously when you're competing so i always try to stay calm and i tell people that and that's just something you hear time and time again from these guys uh who are doing this at the elite level you know stay calm stay calm stay calm so sounds super cliche and silly like how can you stay calm riding bulls but goes back to that peaceful warrior mindset 
I'm impressed for you being very young, how educated and seasoned you are. Have you always been like that? Or is it your environment that encouraged you to be like that? Where does that stem from? Largely uh, my environment, Stephen, you know, it goes back to like we were talking about who you surround yourself with. And um, so when I turned 18, I jumped out on the PRCA tour a little bit and on the PBR tour, but I pursued the PRCA just uh, more, I say, full time or um, avidly than I did the PBR. But uh, two years ago, um, I decided, you know, I'm going to just try to make a run at these PBRs. It's a little easier on a guy's body. He can you know, go in essentially uh, to one place one weekend, fly in and out, um, you know. And I always tell people the PBR and the PRCA, one is not elite over the other. There's guys in both, and there are guys who do do both, uh, such as Josh Frost. I went to college with Josh. And, um, you know, but just for me, where I'm at in my life, I decided I'm going to go PBR. Well, last year the pbr introduced uh inaugural team season um or a team series excuse me during half of their season and this has really blown up it's helped uh isa essentially the sport of board riding blow up and it's really helped the athletes and i was uh blessed enough last year to uh, sign as a uh practice squad member on the roster of the kansas city outlaws and fortunate this year i got a call from a couple other coaches uh really promising um and looking good for me going into next year. So I'm glad that I took all this, you know, time off, you know, to get healthy and uh, whatnot. But in all of that, that ultimately has helped my career the last couple of years is stepping, uh, you know, up into the PBR and getting around some of those elite guys, some of those guys who are, you know, in the top 40 uh, seated on the Unleash the Beast uh, tour, you know, and just, the things not only that I've been able to learn from them, but from the coaches around this team series um, as a bull rider, but also as a professional uh, in this sport. Um, and it all just kind of felt good with, you know, my time off. I'm looking at doing some rebranding going into this next year and uh, got a team that's working with me, uh, you know, an agency I'm working with, some guys that are helping me with my social media. and uh, Just the opportunities, man, when I started to step up and like I said, step into a room with people who were smarter, better, more talented, et cetera, uh, you know, may you than I was. Um, but I've always kind of, I guess, had my head on my shoulders uh, for a lack of better terms and been focused because this is all I've ever wanted, man. I've trained at it since I was a child, um, you know, and uh, kind of like an Olympic athlete. That's the best way I, you know, put it for people uh, in, you know, my position. Um, so, I guess, you know, I've always had both on my side, man, but essentially uh, stepping up and being around people who have pushed me has really helped me uh, the last couple of years. And looking back at it, even in college, I wish there's some things I would have done different. But, you know, every day, man, we we grow, we mature, uh, you know, and I always say you should try to be better tomorrow than you were today and continue that every day, even if it's one percent better. Um, and I know, again, one of those cliche sounds, you know, all, oh, sounds like something you read out of a book. But, um, you know, man, if if you believe it and it psychs you out and it works out for you, then uh, screw the haters and what they think, because likely they're not doing anything to better themselves anyway. That's why they hate it. So <laughs> I like how you uh, stepped up what your tempo when you say you, you came with that confidence. I like that security. You know what you want. You know what you're doing. I appreciate that. Well, you got to be, man, uh, you know, be be valiant, be solid in your beliefs and who you are. And it uh, doesn't mean you got to be aggressive. Um, but, you know, and especially in this world we live in, man, there's people with such different beliefs and people are the first to tell you how you're wrong and, you know, come at you and judge at you. And, um, you know, that's not the time to fight back with the lashing tongue. That's the time to, you know, pick up your sword, armor and shield and, um, you know, me personally, even while I've been here, man, uh, just the spiritual attacks, uh, I don't want to say from people, but from um, the enemy through people, you know, about my beliefs. And, you know, I always tell people, you know, I don't have all the answers. I don't know what, why or who, but I can pray for you. And that's my job. My job is not to judge and decide. My job's to pray. So, um, again, you know, sounds super cliche, but um, yeah, man, this uh, 
it's a crazy world, but it's a world full of opportunity and uh, not just talking business and money, but spiritually, man, there's a lot of opportunity to just go out, put yourself out there, help people and, you know, do your thing, man. So I could go on and on, but. Hey, this is your moment. This is your time. You can. <laughs> but no, man, it's, uh, you know, board riding, it's, there's such a mental aspect to it. Uh, you know, we're, like I said, we're the modern day David and Goliath, modern day gladiators, man. And, you know, there's a level of mental fortitude and mental uh, strength and overcoming, I guess you have to be able to do. And, you know, one thing I'm still personally trying to uh, do and, you know, goes into hanging with those people who are better than I am and those elite of the elite athletes is, you know, tap into that mindset every time of how to trust your instincts, how to go out and be that peaceful warrior and um, essentially, you know, not get rattled. Um, and that's part of, like I said, man, that's part of the fun, the the journey, you know, the the learning, the being around those guys and essentially testing yourself in your limits. You know, you can never underestimate the little guy. And, and I don't mean to call you little. You're 5'4", 27. What, you still, what are you, around 130? Still 137, 138? Yeah, right about there. About, I think I weighed myself this morning like 140. And look how mighty you are. Well, I do appreciate that, man, a lot. Um, you know, it's taken... Uh, like anybody, you know, your trials and tribulations in life shouldn't define you, but they should help shape you. And that's all a matter of perspective. As stupid as it sounds, you know, if you look at the glass, I'm going to use my surgery as an example. If you look at the glass half full or half empty, it's going to come out being half full or half empty. Um, so a lot of things are our perspective, man. Like this time off, this cabin fever, you know, uh, had mad uh, FOMO, you know, seeing all my buddies out there rodeoing and, um, it's just, it's been humbling, but also lit a fire inside me, not only as a person, as, you know, a Christian, but as an athlete and, you know, as a bull rider. Um, so, yeah, man, I'm just super, super, super stoked to see what uh, I get done, you know, this next year. And, uh, you know, the PBR team series, it kicks off um, after the individual season gets over in May. And, um, you know, man, I'm not the young guy anymore in the locker room, uh, but I do absolutely believe that I still have a, uh, I feel like my career is young. I still got some time ahead of me and I'm just uh, going to keep dodging the punches that I'm not meant to take, man, and take the ones that I can. Oh, you got to consider once again, you're five, four and you get on an animal and how much does that animal weigh? Right now they're trying, most contractors keep them from about 1400 to 1800 pounds. Do you know what you just said of what you're holding on to? That amount of weight, the power, I don't know if you can even describe it unless you're sitting on a bull and you're accomplishing this. That's beyond huge. It's beyond a possibly even maybe a miracle, and I'm not airbrushing that. It's profound. I don't even know if there's a word for it. pretty cool man it's uh it's one heck of a sport that's definitely what i tell people and uh it is definitely uh you know they have bull riding in brazil um you know the pbr uh encompasses australia canada mexico brazil and the united states so we're competing you know on a global level now and it's uh it's a true american cowboy sport man um you know and cowboys are the last of a uh what I say of a dying breed. Um, so I don't know. I feel personally blessed even to uh, just be able to do what I do and, uh, you know, to give a testament and to be surrounded around the people I am. And, uh, you know, that goes, you know, back to what we we're saying about surrounding people who push you mentally, physically, as an athlete, whatever. But, you know, you also, I personally feel like I like to be around people who push me to, you know, be a better person on the daily, a better man of God, a better, you know, just a better man, better boyfriend, better brother, better friend. And, um, you know, excuse me to say it, but you know, your homies that see you lacking, I want them to call me out on my bullshit, man, not put a mask over it and be like, you're doing just fine. 
Um, and that's been a lot of growth there, man, you know, because a lot of guys, I, I say guys, a lot of people in general want to just be, you know, they want to be the big dog in the room. And when you get rid of that attitude and lose that ego, um, you grow so much more uh, as a person. And I don't know, man, there's there's a, a lot to it, but it's uh, pretty simple too. just be a good person, push others, push yourself. How popular is bull riding still? I can say that 70s, 80s, I would even include the 90s. It's It was a still a hot sport. But where is it at now? I mean, we're not going to be in a position where we're going to be losing events, losing opportunities. I mean, is there a real solid support system that's happening not only for this sport, if it's even called a sport, I feel it's something more than that uh, because there's so much athleticism that's put into this when we think about the training and, and the conditioning that you you have to do. Um, but where's your your viewpoint on that? So hugely, Stephen, it's, uh, it has grown. It has continued to growing and not speaking um, – as a member or I'm going to just put it for lack of better terms as a puppet, you know, not just saying the right things. Cause it's what I do. The sport of bull riding is going to continue to grow. Um, especially now with this, uh, PBR team series. Um, you know, they've got eight teams, uh, as of now, but, um, I believe they're planning on growing. Um, and to be, you know, to be real honest with you, man, the endorsements, uh, the, the corporate businesses that own these teams that are backing these teams, uh, the members on the teams. It's the first time in rodeo history, man, that athletes have gotten signed a monetary contract versus the alternate where we have to go compete, win, place, and do good at our competition, at our events to, uh, you know, essentially make money. Um, so it's helped with the fan base. It's helped with the city base, et cetera. Of course, you know, there's been some fans that have been opposed to it and I'm not, I stay out of opinions as far as that goes, because I am a professional bull rider. So my job is to enter the events, do my job, tie my hand on my bull rope, ride the bull. So, um, if it answers any questions, man, uh, personally, as somebody from the inside, have I seen it grow? Yes, it's amazing, man. And I, I keep going back to this team deal, but the team deal essentially is helping, I think, bring eyes and essentially a spotlight to the sport of bull riding. Um, I mean, the the coaches, for example, who are backing these teams are ex-PBR world finalist qualifiers, ex-PBR world champions, uh, Hall of Famers, um, guys who helped, I say introduced, helped started the PBR back in its uh, – beginning in the early 90s um so the tools accessible to every bull rider but especially these young bull riders coming up from these coaches you know and not that the, any of these coaches or these uh guys were off limits but you know in a in a world with clout or a world of status it's a lot of times you don't get to shake hands and get to know and rub elbows with those elite status people, uh, should I say. And with this team series, it's, you know, I've gotten personally myself um, to know on a name to face, friend to friend basis, many of these coaches. And what that's done for me physically as a bull rider to have that coaching and that assistance has helped me so much. But what it's helped me do mentally as a bull rider has been tremendous. Just the confidence it's giving, given me personally, man. Um, and, you know, I always tell people, you know, I, I, I travel a lot, fly a lot, and I get, you know, asked, oh, are you, are you a bull rider? Are you, you know, professional PBR, PRCA, whatever? And I always try to keep it as simple as possible for, you know, most people, um, the general public that, you know, may not know a lot about it or uh, has grown up around it or whatnot. But um, Bull Ride Man has uh, really blown up and trying to think the best way to put it. For us as athletes, there's a lot of money to be had individually if you go for it as the team aspect um, or, you know, a lot of guys, even as myself, uh, you know, I'm going to 
probably get on some practice bulls before I go jump back out. And there's a chance I may even enter um, some events that aren't PBR or PRCA sanctioned just to put a little money in my pocket. So uh, the sport of rodeo is definitely not dying in the sport of bull riding in that is definitely not going anywhere. And um, I just, without sounding uh, arrogant or confident in what I do, um, I just tell people just, get on the bandwagon. If you don't know about bull riding, get on it. It's an American sport. They sing the national anthem. Um, you know, they, they pray before every event, like rodeo bull riding is the last true American sport. And, uh, you know, it's, it's cool to be a part of that. If there's ever anything you would like to make it very clear or set the record straight to offer better understanding about the athleticism the sport, the competition of bull riding, what would that be? My biggest thing, another one of those cliche statements, uh, Stephen, but any opportunity that is out there within your reach, grab it with your whole hand, snatch that opportunity and pull it in as close as you can and run with it, use it, do what you can with it, man. Any opportunity within grasp, grasp that sucker, man. Um, and it doesn't matter if it's being around another bull rider, you know, that can help you in your riding or these coaches, you know, that opportunity. And one thing that's been really cool that uh, just kind of dawned on me as we're speaking, you know, you were talking about, you know, the health and all that with bull riders with it being as demanding as it is. And you would think that as long as the sport of bull riding or rodeo as a whole has been out that, you know, nutrition while traveling would be a thing, body preservation finances, athlete well-being would be a thing. And it's, it's really hasn't been man until recently. And there's, uh, you know, obviously multiple guys, but there's, um, a couple really what I say salty and, in the term of a cowboy, the term salty is a good term. That's a compliment, but there's a uh, team of some salty cats right now, man, that are really re-evolutionizing, um, and introducing, I guess, uh, in sense, the body preservation, the the business aspect, the well-being, the what do what do rodeo cowboys do after they're done rodeoing and riding bulls? You know, um, just so many things that with this sport growing, rodeo as a whole growing, there's been so many other things growing inside of that. You know, like I was always taught the OG old school cowboy way of stretch and reach down, touch your toes 10 seconds. Now do the splits for 10 seconds. Now do a butterfly stretch for 10 seconds. Now live around whatever. And, uh, you know, there's so much more science that goes to it than that. And, you know, like Doug champion with champion living fitness, these guys that are coming up with these mobility exercises and all these different, I say sports specific exercises, but, within just the specific sport of rodeo event specific exercises, man. So it's been, it's been amazing. I've got to go to some clinics that the uh, Western sports foundation um, has put on and what the WSF Western sports foundation is basically they're a nonprofit organization and they help professional rodeo cowboys and cowgirls um, from their nutrition. They've got access for them to different trainers, coaches, uh, helplines, um, crisis funds in the case that you know an individual gets injured and they can't work or feed their family you know because they they basically view rodeo and bull riding um to kind of round out your answer as a profession and it is man i mean um you know it may not be as known as the nfl or the nba or mlb and um the percentage or excuse me the large percentage of us might not be making those multi-million into the billion dollar contracts and stuff you know that we're signing for four or five years, but this team series has now introduced that and began to introduce that. And to tell, you know, you basically the level of it, um, you know, it may not be as big and known as the NFL and NBA yet. Um, but you know, we are elite athletes and training for something we're passionate about and we love to do. And, uh, to add to the passion statement there, um, you know, for the history of rodeo, essentially, most of us are doing it um, in essence, like going to a casino and gambling. We pay an entry fee and we're gambling on our, in ourselves or on ourselves that we're the handiest and saltiest one there that weekend. Um, so a lot of passion, a lot of mental strength, mental fortitude, a lot of faith that goes into it. I've always told people you will not meet a cowboy 
that uh, doesn't believe in God. Uh, so to me, that's just a pretty, pretty intimate statement, but a pretty powerful statement. I want to thank you for being here with us today on Power 98.5 Satellite Radio is live on air with Stephen Cuoco. Any closing thoughts that you would like to close out with? Stephen, I, uh, I'm just fortunate for the uh, opportunity and all the time that you took, man. I know I have a tendency to be long-winded and uh, just uh, appreciate you guys having me today on Power 98.5, man. And uh, I thought it was a, a great talk, great discussion. And um, just like I said, man, I can't be more grateful for it and say thank you enough. You're welcome. And who would you like to give a shout out to? Man, I, uh, I personally, without going down the list, I want to give a shout out to, uh, all of my, uh, sponsors, endorsements, ambassadorships, uh, everybody who's been behind me and in my corner, um, you know, from this point going forward, but from previous to this point, who's believed in me. Um, and I definitely want to thank, man, I've got a, uh, agent right now and, uh, his partner that are doing a kick butt job, um, with brotherhood agency and uh, my homie Devin. Um, so I just, man, I'm really excited for next year, Steven. Uh, there's going to be a lot to be on the lookout for with me in competition, um, my rebranding, my socials, um, and just uh, thankful for everybody who I work with, who works with me. And last but not least, man, thankful uh, for you, Steven, for having me on Power 898.5 today, man. It was an honor. I'm honored as well. I'm looking forward to us sitting down and having that coffee and now, talking to your girlfriend, that's going to be a great conversation. She's here with the uh, the Raiders. She's a cheerleader. The Golden Knights. Golden Knights. Golden Knights. Golden Knights. Yeah. Okay. Still prominent. Like still chance, powerful. What's that? I said Stanley Cup champs, man. I said it's becoming a big deal. I'm into hockey now. <laughs> Good. I obviously wasn't built to be a hockey player, dude, but doesn't mean that I can't get into it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully we can attend a game someday. We will. That'd be awesome, man. And I look forward to uh, shaking your hand in person, man. I appreciate that. I really do appreciate that. And thank you for the transformation coming from you, the realignment, that moment that I had earlier. I'm still feeling it. I'm still feeling and what I'm learning and what you will learn and no matter how long or how soon it may take is there's this inner visual. There are times, Dustin, I will see myself as a baby. I will see myself in different ages or, you know, at different ages, different scenarios. And I feel this compassion about myself in remembering what I've gone through, what I've come through, what I've survived and thrived through. And most importantly, in every single scenario and memory, it's this, this feeling as though I'm hugging myself. I'm consoling myself. There, you know, to close by saying when I'm, Looking for compassion when I'm looking for some sort of peace and understanding when it comes to other people. I think about what they must have been as a baby. And I think about, you know, their small hands and their that innocence. And it really does help to be more compassionate to people to remember at one time before they became who they are and come out of who they were and grown is that at one time before all of this and life's experiences and the changes that this world goes through and the environments and, and what other people go through and how it can affect us. I always think back and remember when I was a baby and when I was younger and remember the hope and all of that, that went into it and what I had even through those tough times. And that's some of the stuff when you had shared what you had shared about how the, that guy was speaking to, to the water. It was the water, right? Uh, yes, sir. The it water. was a cup of ice with water in them. Yes. That, that cup of ice and the water 
that body and embodiment because you had the the physical ice, the body, and then the embodiment of the water. It's just so powerful. Thank you. I was actually uh, trying to dig through my Instagram, man. Um, I thought I had saved that. It might have been in my likes, but I'm going to share that with you um, just to have, man. I save a lot of that stuff that resonates with me. Please do. Please do. Dustin, thank you again. It's always a pleasure. Hold the line. I know you and I are going to have a, a, a chat and talk a little bit before we go on with our day. Anything else at all you want to share with us? Man, uh, just like I said, thankful for the opportunity and uh, just having a good supportive team, man, from my girlfriend and my parents to my agent to my uh, media team to you giving me the opportunity and the chance to be on today, man. And, um, you know, without my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, man, I wouldn't be able to ride bulls and have the power the mental capacity the uh, talent that i was blessed with to do it and um just thankful for every new day every new sunrise man thank you and have a have a continued healing and better understanding of your own evolution of who you are and what you are transferring more into as a man and You've got a lot. There's a lot here for you as a teacher, as a mentor, as a son, as a future father, as a future husband, just all, all these things. You're perfectly who you are. And as my mother always said, God does not make mistakes. And you are proof of that. Well, Stephen, I really appreciate that. Very, very genuinely and sincerely appreciate that, man. You are very welcome. And thank you again. Thank you to everyone who's tuned in to Live on Air with Stephen Cuoco on Power 98.5 Satellite Radio, power985.com. All great things, Dustin Martinez, D-U-S-T-I-N-M-A-R-T-I-N-E-Z, 96. Dustin Martinez, 96. Head on over to that Instagram. It's awesome, amazing. You're going to get to see a lot of great photos and videos in a one where he's going to be holding the popsicle and he's in bed giving you that thumbs up and it's a uh, you know sharing his about his healing and his journey. Have a good day everyone. Be very cognizant of who you are, what you're about, what you believe in and don't allow the holiday time or any time it may be to take you away from yourself. It begins with you. It's about you. It ends with you. Be very mindful and considerate and compassionate about where you've come from. You being in this world, like I said before, and as I shared, I, I think of people having at one time being a baby and, and their innocence to know that there is hope. There is a way that someone can come back to grace once the distractions and the pain and everything else that it may be that's holding that person back, holding you back, there is resolve. You've got to want it. Really, really want it. Passionately want it. Have a great day, everyone. Friend us on your socials and let's connect.